Welcome to You, Me, and Sobriety, where we talk about mental health, my experience as a sober woman, and our relationship and how it's evolved. Yeah, this is the new podcast. I don't know if you listened to the introduction episode, but uh, I count this as our very first episode because this is going to be the real deal. Uh, we're very excited to uh, to get into it. Yeah, so... As I mentioned uh, in the the kind of the intro episode, just want to preface this by saying that this is based on my experience and our experience as a couple. By no means are we, you know, soliciting advice. Yeah, we're not registered therapists. We're not, you know, we, we don't have uh, the background and the education in that. This is just us sharing our experience. So it's all for entertainment purposes. So what works for me may not work for you. Just want to just want to put that out there. Yeah, so- absolutely. Yeah, so I uh, have been sober for 21 months, so I'm coming Ooh, up congrats. to, thank <laughs> you, coming up to two years in December, December 29th will be two years. It's, you know, it, it doesn't, I'd like to say that it's gotten easier, but it hasn't. It's pretty neutral. It's the, tr- it's certain triggers that, that can be tough, right? Certain situations or social settings or stress. Really, stress is a big. Trigger. I feel like there's good weeks and there's bad weeks. You've told me moments where you're like, "This is hard right now," and you've told me moments where it's like, "No, this is everything's fine." Yeah. Um, and that's all stuff we can definitely get into. Um, so launching into this episode, the whole reason we are rebranding and starting this new podcast about sobriety is because Kelly's journey really is rooted in the idea that she became sober uh, almost two years ago, and so we wanted to share that with you guys. And with this first episode, we really want to uh, give the platform to Kel and. Uh, this will be the launching off point for the entire podcast. So I'm glad that you're tuning in. This is the episode you want to listen to. She's got a great story and she I'm so proud of her because she's overcome so much over the last couple of years. She's an absolute superhero. I admire you. I look up to you. You're my inspiration. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, we really wanted to do this podcast because it means so much more uh, to us. The subject matter just means so much more. And it, it, I think it's going to be a really good uh, talking tool to, to put out there into the world. So uh, I hope you enjoy this first episode. This is Kel's journey uh, into sobriety um, and why she took on sobriety and how it's been going. And uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass the, the mic off to Kel so she can share her journey with you. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it's been a bumpy road but I'm absolutely 100% certain it was the best decision I've ever made in my entire life no it's not been easy but I can honestly say that my life is a lot better it's better like there's no other way to put it drinking for me just was a guarantee of bad decisions yeah and that's the thing there's always gonna be challenges but typically when things challenge you it doesn't mean that things are, are worse or bad like sometimes things challenging you is a good thing yeah over the last two years, I've seen you really like not just like conquer sobriety, but also like really understand yourself through that. So yeah. when something challenges you, it forces you to look inwards and like understand yourself better. And I think that's what you've been doing over the last since we've been dating. Really, Yeah, exactly. You put it perfectly. It has forced me to look inwards and see things from a point of view I never really have before. For as long as I can remember, things have been clouded by alcohol. Sobriety is just raw. 
it's raw. That, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, everything is real. Yeah. And it is definitely like you are faced with a lot of emotions. You're not able to numb yourself. You're not able to drown things out the way that you would if you were not sober. Right. Right. So it's a very raw experience. And we had mentioned like we're going to touch on mental health. I've been looking for a therapist for a while now. Somebody that can kind of help me take off the layers. Right. And really kind of find the root of maybe my addiction habits. Because I've realized again with sobriety that I'm an impulsive person. So that kind of opens up all doors in my life. It's not just drinking. It's eating. It's it's just indulging, overindulging in a lot of things like I did with alcohol. Yeah, exactly. I think the first step is acknowledging it. And uh, I think that, that you're there. You do acknowledge it. I think that that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'll start with kind of the backstory. We'll rewind a few years. A few years ago, back in like, let's say 2016, that was my first time I tried. I I think I got like seven months in, seven months. And I went out with friends one night and it it wasn't like I, it wasn't like a, dramatic relapse it was just more of like I just willfully I thought about it and I was like you know what I want to drink and then I just decided to it was my choice I you know there was no trauma nothing happened I just wanted to and once you do it's kind of hard to get back up again right like it's a steep slope it's a mind game too right so yeah it totally is a mind game and I feel like that's all part of it I've been learning uh with you is like you you really have to be conscious of your feelings and your impulses and your emotions and that's probably the trickiest thing that you had to learn right through the journey of trying to actually properly do sobriety you had to learn about your impulses and your emotions and what they mean when they when they arise kind of thing aside from drinking i'm just a moody person as we know <laughs> you definitely say what's on your mind yeah <laughs> which is a good thing um that was the thing with alcohol and drinking is that if you can't handle your emotions when you drink, it ruins your reputation. And it had ruined mine. And I destroyed relationships. I destroyed friendships. I was a toxic person. And I'll be the first person to admit that. I was not an, a good person to be around. There were certain friends of mine that would say, no, you're so fun. You're it's like, you're a good time. But there was always a time in the night where it would just go downhill, like just yeah. like a fast downhill slope. Like one little thing would happen and i would just become like a disaster a hurricane really i feel like uh i feel like pretty much everyone can at least relate to having one or two nights of, of being like that you know i i know like some people it's more uh it'll happen like more often some people less often but i feel like anyone who drinks or has drank too much consumed too much probably has had nights where they're like wow did i do that a hundred percent i think everybody can relate we all have a night where we black out and we're like oh my god i did that for sure but i felt that all the time right and i've had conversations with people that are like oh i like i just get really happy when i drink i have no idea what that feels like because that was never the case for me yeah sure maybe the first like hour when you're not fully wasted yet yeah you're like Woo! <laughs> you're having a good time but there was always a point in the night where it just went downhill and yeah. i had a conversation with a friend years ago about this and she's had a similar journey to mine and it, we always would compare drinking to russian roulette it might be good it could be bad it could be one or the other but we weren't willing to take the chance like there could be nights where i go out and i don't get crazy emotional and it's all good but because it happened so often i never knew when it would so it's like there's just no point in even gambling it yeah exactly like yeah yeah but I, I do think that a lot of people can relate, but it becomes an issue when it's all the time. That's when that's when I knew, like, 
I had family saying to me, like, I think you have a problem. Like, you have an issue. Friends would even tell me. And I was just like, shit, it hurts to hear that. But it's like, if somebody else is telling you this. Right. Like I said, I think the first... Uh, thing is like acknowledgement I think once you recognize oh that's part of who I am then you start realizing I actually do want to change and you have that actual ambition to change that's when things get better right and you put the motion forward to and I'm sure that process was tough yeah probably wasn't easy actually learning this about yourself and like having to come to grips with it um do you remember the moments where you were like I gotta get sober like I know you said you tried being sober years ago and then you kind of fell off of it again yeah do you remember like the moment leading up to that first time trying to try trying at sobriety yeah it was the same thing that had happened many times before I had uh gotten I had drank way too much I blacked out I was mean I had hurt people and those people I eventually lost because I never stuck to changing my weight that's why I'm so glad that I met you after I decided to get sober Because I really, truly think if I met you a year ago or sorry, like two years ago, honestly, you would have I wouldn't have blamed you if you left because I didn't have a grip on myself. And that's the thing with a lot of people that are in relationships with drug addicts or alcoholics. Like it's so hard because I've been on your end. I've been I've dated alcoholics. I've dated people that are into drugs. And it's like it becomes a part of you. So when you're dating somebody that's in that boat. You might as well be in the boat too. Exactly. Yeah. You are in the boat. Yeah. Um, you might more, you might have more of a clear view on where you're going, but you're still in that boat and that person's going to sink you. That's really like, that might be a little harsh, but that's really how I see it. And I've again, been on both ends. I've been on the end of the person who struggled with the addiction side and I've been the partner for the person who's the addict. So I, that's really how I, that's how I view it. Maybe not everybody sees it that way. I know it's, you want to help people, but they have to want to do it themselves. Absolutely. I think that's, that's the nail on the head there. I think the biggest thing is if you're in that situation with somebody who's has addictions, the first step is just making sure that they want to change. Yeah. You know, I know that's like a very harsh thing to say. And I don't think it's harsh. I think it's honestly the truth. Yeah. I think out of all the things I've ever said, that is one of the truest things. You can't help somebody unless they want to help themselves. Exactly. The first thing has to always be they have to actually want to get better. And if they don't want to get better, that's their prerogative. Yeah. And there's nothing anybody can do to change that. Yeah. You have to want it. It's like anything else in life. It's like athletes. They want to win. They've got to work for it and they have to want it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like it's it's the same. I think it's the same principle. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm a very, I'm the kind of person I try to think of silver linings in bad situations. And sometimes it's hard. <laughs> um, sometimes I don't want to be like the person that, that's parading around like, let's be positive. Like, no, no, no. Because sometimes it's just like, fuck that. We just, people just don't want to be positive. And that is something I also learned in sobriety is like, you know, people, we grow up and we're told be positive, stay positive. When something, when we're faced with some sort of adversity or like doubt, right? It's like, stay positive. Positive, stay positive sometimes people just it's 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 toxic i think there's like yeah, this um yeah. there's a term for it i can't think of it but there comes to be a point where it's like it's toxic positivity it's just like shut up just people want to feel their emotions they want to be they want to be doubtful let them because that's human nature you have to feel these things and these are the things you're going to feel especially when you are in a raw state yeah absolutely i, I think that's that's really also really important to no, sometimes like with positivity and stuff, it's like you can drown yourself in positivity and, and be 
blissfully ignorant almost and uh, exactly not properly understand the what's actually happening right and sometimes yeah some, sometimes you have to come to terms with like life <laughs> yeah and i mean i think a lot of people struggle too with like being in denial yeah that was the thing about i think the first time i tried to get sober i wasn't willing to accept that it was like a long-term decision you know i didn't take it as seriously as i did now i had to have that realization of like okay if i if you don't change your ways now you're gonna keep having the same thing happen and you're gonna continue to disappoint yourself and other people so i think that like pivotal moment honestly it was my last relationship when my partner like was just like i can't do this like you're you don't have a grip on your drinking and that really obviously hurt before we had even broken up i had decided i would get sober so break up and i got sober at the same time it was rough and it was january so it was rough <laughs> <laughs> middle of the winter yeah not a good time but I, like looking back now i'm like that needed to happen yeah i think i needed that situation to happen for me to be like fuck like yeah I, I I have to change my ways. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I think so when you became sober, like right before you met me, I feel like maybe that breakup also lit a bit of a fire under you to be like, you know, I'm, I'm going to prove this guy wrong and I'm actually going to be sober. A hundred percent. Yeah. And he knows who he is and he knows that <laughs> I think he doubted me. I think he doubted me a lot because he said, what if you relapse after two years? And I said that that's not something that we can foresee right now. Exactly. Nobody can. That's two years from now. Yeah, exactly. If you care about me, you'll stay with me. Obviously, it's his choice. Obviously, I was angry and I was hurt. But I completely understand why he decided to leave. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Um, again, people have to do what's right for them. And like I said, when you're dating an addict, you go down with them. So again, yeah. and I hope he knows that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think in the beginning it was like, I want to prove him wrong. But I, ha like I said, I had to do it for me. This is for me. Exactly. And that's super important too, is understanding. And, it's... and I met a wonderful man like you. So hey. it, it all worked <laughs> out. It all worked out. I still like I'm not new in sobriety, but I'm not like super like I haven't had like eight years under my belt. I'm almost at two years. So there's only so much I can really say. But um, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that's the beauty of this podcast is that we're going to go through your journey. Like your journey is still happening and it will happen, you know, forever. So it's this podcast can follow that journey and we can bring things up as, as it comes along. Um, you and I have talked about this and I've had people ask me like, oh, are you like going to be sober forever? And it's like, you just don't ask somebody that, you yeah. know, like you like you and I have talked about it because I can talk to you about these things. But I've had friends ask me like, oh, like, are you going to do this forever? It's like, that's just not something you ask somebody in recovery. And that's what I am. I'm in recovery. I'm recovering yeah, sure. from my past 15 years of alcohol abuse and making bad decisions and putting myself in dangerous situations, yeah. which I think is like the cherry on top of it all is like, people, can't you just have one drink? Can't, why, why can't you just have one drink? Because one drink turns into 12 and then I put myself in situations where I could be. Exactly. I think that's a whole yeah. other episode that we could do is uh, that. talking about like drinking in general. has just become such a so social norm having to deal with like, telling people no you know or like having to deal with like the pressure of hey want to go out for a drink uh not really maybe a coffee <laughs> like, exactly yeah <laughs> and i i think like 
I'm just thinking of this now and I'm going to mention it here. I think we should do a whole episode too on like the alternative non-alcoholic beers that we've tried. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We can give some shout outs to some amazing brands. There's some really good non-alcoholic beers. And Hey, if you're an owner of a restaurant or if you have any say in this, have some non-alcoholic beer options. Jeez. It's Please. so hard to it's... find some places with good non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I could, li- I literally want to do a whole episode on yeah. this because I think it's so crucial for bars and restaurants if you sell alcohol, have non-alcoholic beverages Seriously. because people, it is also good for one, a situation when somebody does drink too much and they want, you know, maybe they don't want water. Maybe they want more beer, but just have no alcohol. Like it, it's just have it on hand. It doesn't hurt to have a six or a 12 pack. Exactly. And like, honestly, there's so many good brands out there and so many good, uh, non-alcoholic companies that like. Like, like, just, you know, support some local businesses too. Be, it, you know what it is? It's being inclusive. Yeah. The one thing I, I do say I'll miss is like the craft beer industry. Like it was so awesome trying all the different types of yeah. craft beers. I'll save this for the other episode. But <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about this in another episode. <laughs> Reasons to tune bit. in. Drift in a little bit, but it's okay. That's what, that's what makes this uh, so fun is it's a conversation, you know, Com- yeah. very conversational. We're not doing this for money. We're doing this because it's an outlet. So if it doesn't, <laughs> if I am rambling, I apologize, but not really. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> this is just how I operate, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, getting back to it. So uh, last year when you actually finally went sober and like things actually started shaping up and you started making it happen, uh, what was the difference this time compared to the first few times that you tried and kind of didn't really succeed? Like you said you acknowledged that the this is actually like a long-term thing were there any other like things that you think just like like I think you just had the right mindset going into it right was that kind of the I think it was like also like my 30s were creeping up and I was like <laughs> I want my 30s to be the best years of my life and I, I definitely think age had something to do with it and it's not all bad but when I look back I'm like my 20s were messy my 20s were messy like my 20s were messy and I think I was determined to have the next 10 years of my life not be like the last 10 cool yeah and I found this. I'll I'll read just parts oh, yeah, of this yeah. off because I think me it's, this and it's it's super interesting. I like this. Yeah, so it's uh I I found this piece of paper in my desk and I hung on to it because I think I I wanted it for this exact reason to look back down the road. So it wasn't that long ago. It was, I wrote this on August first, twenty eighteen. So a few years back, and it says goals slash how I want my life to be by thirty. Maybe a little cheesy, but I'm a very goal focused person. So this was important to me. The number one thing I have on this list is say no more. So instead of like constantly being like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Just say no more. I think I was at a point where I was like sick of feeling like people pleasing and like constantly like, you know, peer pressure. So I wrote down, I cave, I succumb to all types of pressure. The desire to exercise discipline and willpower exists. It's there. It must be enough to take action. And then I just wrote, what do I want to say no to more? Uh, Booze, bad decisions, uh, spending habits, and, you know, binge eating. I think I also, I said this to Brock before we started recording, but I think I'm a little hard on myself. Yeah, yeah, Um, for sure. Which we know. If you know me, (laughs) you know I'm hard on myself. But um, that also is like keeps the fire lit under my ass Uh, I work in sales so I have to be motivated all the time and no am I motivated all the time hell no you asked me what did you not have then that you have now discipline hey there you go I didn't have discipline then which is why it was so easy to just pick up a drink and be like I want to drink this even though I haven't in seven months now it's discipline it's the discipline to know that 
my life is better without it. 100%. And I think that discipline comes from a foundation of you understanding yourself. And that's yeah. once you're once you do that, then I think it, everything else, the bricks start laying, you know, and you start building your self-awareness is so key. Yeah. And I still haven't figured it out. It'll be a long, like, I, I might never fully figure it out, but I definitely know how I operate. And I think that's a big part of sobriety, too, is, again, it's you're vulnerable and you learn what your triggers are. I just I just want to point out this list again, too, because uh, you just showed me right before we started recording the podcast. Um, so there, there are a few things on this list. And I think it's, so it's dated. Uh, was it 2018? Yeah. Um, so it's 2018. So it's a few years ago. And uh, all the things on the list, I think, from what I know, from what I've seen over dating you for almost two years, um, you have gotten better at all of them. <laughs> like, yeah. Really? Yeah. So it's it's cool. Like, you see, I can literally see your progression uh, just through the lens of our relationship. And from what I know from before we met each other, I can see how much, how much you've put into yourself and, like, how far you've come and it's it's awesome it's super it's inspiring i don't see this and that's thank you yeah like i think another one too um and we can again touch on this on another episode just because like i'd prefer to tease it um but like move slower and take my time i think that's somebody that's something that again people that are you know heavy drinkers they they don't really know how to like pause and enjoy the moment yeah that's the one thing i will say one of the other things that sobriety has given me is i can enjoy the moment i'm not living in the past or living thinking about tomorrow so much i'm living in the moment because that's all i can do i love that yeah maybe name like like maybe like two more things on that list just because we're talking about it so um, much and, um less impulses and less vices so i'm a very impulsive person <laughs> Uh, and this ties back to the mental health aspect that we will touch on later. I do have a diagnosis that I'd like to discuss on a later episode. Um, not prepared to do it at this moment, but it definitely ties into um, being an alcoholic and having impulsive behaviors. Um, so again, like, you know, saying no more to these societal expectations that were held to by our peers and people around us, right? It's you're really fighting this pressure all the time. And I think too, like, uh, you know, another thing was being career focused. Oh, you're absolutely in that lane right now. Like you should see her when she's making her sales. Like she's very career focused. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, but I need, I, that's something I'm still struggling with is I, I am very career focused, but I also don't want it to eat me up. Like yeah, it's not, fair. my job is, is important to me. But I still need to work on finding the balance. Work-life balance kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Your job's important, but it's not you. It's not everything. Yeah, it's not everything. Sorry, ex-job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I I don't live to work. I work to live. Hey, so I love that. I think uh, I think that's that's it for today. I think we kind of gave a good overview of what to expect yeah, on this next so, little yeah. This podcast was really about her journey getting into sobriety. We're going to talk more about, I feel like we started dating just after Kel came sober. So uh, the past year and a half, two years, um, we'll get into in future episodes because that's more about our relationship during sobriety, uh, which will be a whole other thing, which will be great to talk about and fun to talk about. I think we should dedicate an episode to you talking about your experience dating somebody that's not 
drinker yeah and maybe how it's affected you like changes you've seen and things like that yeah and uh so this has been so thanks so much for sharing your story because I, I know you've been wanting to do we've been talking about doing an episode like this for a long time um and i'm sure it's you know it's it can be hard but i'm sure it was uh, it was good like, oh yeah. yeah it's very like it just reminds me of all the reasons why i have made the decisions i've made yeah <laughs> so I really admire you for sharing your story because I think Thank it's you. it should hit people out there. And I think I, I hope you enjoyed listening to it, uh, our, our listeners. Um, I hope it resonates with you in some capacity. Uh, it's just interesting understanding the, the idea behind things like addiction and um, mental health. And uh, we're all talking about it. And the more we share our own experiences, I think the more everyone else can understand and learn from it. And if you have, if there's anybody out there that wants to talk to me one-on-one or has any questions or even would like to be a guest on this podcast, shoot me an email, kellydoran25 at gmail.com. Nice. Um, yeah. Or reach out to me on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Underscore Kelly was here. W-U-Z. <laughs> underscore. She's, she's really good at uh, talking about these things. Um, so if you, if you do, if you ever feel like you need someone to reach out to, you can reach out to us, either of us, Kelly, or you can even just reach out to the, this Instagram account. Just send us a, or the Instagram account for our podcast here. Uh, send us a DM. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are in transition mode, yeah, FYI. We're, so we're still figuring out the socials and, and getting all that stuff going. But once we have our account set up, I'm sure we'll have it set up by the time this episode airs. Uh, you can slide into our DMs with any questions or any stories of your own or if you ever want, want to be a guest on the podcast. So Yeah, we will 100% be looking for guests at some point. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thanks for listening. This has been a fun time. We've gotten into some heavy stuff, but we've also kept it kind of light. So I think we, we did a good job here, hopefully. I <laughs> hope you liked it. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.